This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kia everyone, my name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast, The Arenality. So firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton, and also Coast Access Radio in Horofenua and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin. And to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. In this episode, we have my very good friend, Jenny Nguyen. She is a newly graduated uh, New Zealand-born Vietnamese passionate about acts of service. And that is a very minor introduction about her. We'll be learning about her more today in this show. Kia ora, Jenny. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Oh, thank you so much for wanting to do this again with me. I'm really excited to listen to more stories about your life and the things you do. I'm very fortunate to have this opportunity with you. I'm usually quite shy and, and I don't really get out there much, but I think that it's really important what you do and what your show stands for and the podcast and sharing the culture. So I'm all for it. So even <laughs> though I'm, I'm a bit anxious and a bit shy, I'm going to give it my best shot. So I am 22 years of age. I was born in South Auckland, Middlemore, and I was raised in South Auckland as well. And then um, after high school, I decided to pursue um, my tertiary education in Dunedin. And that's when I first moved in 2018 to Dunedin and I've been here ever since. Mm. So it's kind of turned into like my second home down here. Apart from being born in New Zealand and the very Kiwi accent, I am very um, loud and proud about my culture being Vietnamese. Um, I know that it's very hard for a lot of Vietnamese Kiwis throughout New Zealand, not just Auckland, um, about the whole identity crisis and like, where you stand and where you belong and who you are as a person, especially in, in such a small country as like New Zealand. Like um, I think American, American Asians are very established already, but New Zealand, it's still, we're still growing. And I think the new generation is slowly starting to come up, but yeah, I'm very passionate about um, who I am as a person and, and where I've come from and where I'm going. And yeah. Can you tell us what you studied while you were in Dunedin? Um, so I studied a Bachelor of Science. I finished uh, 2021 in August. Uh, it was in anatomy and physiology, so very science-based. <laughs> you mentioned a bit about your cultural identity, and I do want to talk more about that because I'm very passionate about that as well. What are the stories that you heard growing up about your culture? I'm not sure if you know a lot about South Auckland or I don't know what your listeners know about South Auckland, but there is like a stigma around being raised and growing up in South Auckland as a very like um, poor socioeconomic, like a very poverty, but uh, disadvantaged, some would say. Um, But growing up there myself and being in school, like schooling through South Auckland as well, not going into the city for schooling, it was very different for me and I don't have the same perception that a lot of people have um but I love 
interacting and teaching people and educating people about what my experience was myself growing up in that environment. And I feel like um, it, it provided me with a sense of like a very strong sense of self. So that's why I'm very loud in culture and stuff, because when I was growing up in high school, a lot of my high schools were very Pacific Island dominated. So I was the only Asian in my whole year level, which mm-hmm. is very uncommon for a lot of people in New Zealand as well. Like I know that in the farms and stuff, it's quite um, like Eurocentric yeah. or there's only one specific type of culture in schools. So for me, it was a bit reversed. So instead of um, having a lot of white, like, European people and Asian people I was the only Asian in the Pacific Island type of environment and like seeing them embrace their culture and how loud and proud and like the displays of like dance and food and language really um it stuck with me growing up and I think that that incorporated into who I am as a person today so like me being loud and like it's not very common for I think Vietnamese culture and Vietnamese children to be quite loud (laughs) like we're quite preserved like we're quite um shy and reserved but um yeah I know like and that's I think a little bit of the Kiwi in me as well like I'm very very relaxed very loud um but yeah I think that growing up um in that type of environment allowed me to strengthen who I am and I know that like I know that I am Kiwi but I also know that I am Asian like Vietnamese Mm. by descent even though I was born in another land, speak another language, have a different accent and stuff. So all that struggle, I think, definitely helped to create, like, helped to shape me into who I am today. That's so beautiful, especially (laughs) with the influence of the Pacific um, Islander friends that you had growing up. That must have been a strong influence. Yeah, I think I was very fortunate because, like, the way I see things is even though, like, I was born in New Zealand and, like, I learn a lot about like the Tanga Tafenua, so the people of the land in New Zealand. It's it's cooler to learn about all different types of cultures. So um, a lot of people are amazed or shocked at my knowledge in some culture. But I just think that it's if you learn my culture, I learn your culture, and it's just like a respect. And it just it makes me, I think, it's very wholesome to me because, like I said, like Vietnamese culture is very much a minority at the, in, in New Zealand. So to have like the example of a culture that is so developed and so um, how do I, like developed and established, it's cool to base like that into me. Like how does that apply to me? I love that you are very loud and proud about <laughs> being Vietnamese. I do want to ask, were there times where your belonging was challenged by anyone? Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that yeah growing up in different types of society so like in back home in Auckland it's very multicultural like Auckland is the most multicultural city in New Zealand so um anybody that's from Auckland or South Auckland in particular will know like some areas are associated with cultures so if you wanted a specific cultured food um for example pepitoy Pepitoy Toy is known to have like all the best Indian cuisine, Indian clothes shop. Like it's really, and I think that it's just um, dependent on like the geography and where people live in communities. So like I was born and raised in Otahuhu or Otahu, um, and there is a lot of Vietnamese people 
in Oduhu, um, but like I said, Vietnamese are very quiet and reserved. So like, if you know the spots, then you know where to go to get the groceries and stuff. And, um, but not like Oduhu is not only just Vietnamese, it's got a lot of Pacific Island, like the Tongan parades and stuff were done in Oduhu for like the Rugby World Cup and stuff. So we have a lot of like uh, multicultural um, families and people living in the same areas, but I think um, growing up, I think my identity has been like a big thing that's just always been at the back of my head. So growing up in Auckland, it was just like having so many cultures and choosing what culture you want to, like you want to associate, you want to hang around, you want to grow up in um, was a bit difficult because like me being the only Asian in my year level, it was just like um, people from the North Shore say that my accent is very how do I say <laughs> like my my English accent yeah. isn't very Kiwi it's quite um a Pacific Island accent okay so, so my accent um even though it's perfect English it's just like my slang and stuff was quite uh like a it showed through so a lot of people would pick up on my accent and say like well where do you where do you come from why do you speak like that and things like that <laughs> it's weird it's, it's really weird because I just take it on the chin because I don't understand Yeah, because it's all I know, but I can see what they're saying. And then when I moved to Dunedin, it was a big of like a big culture shock as well, because um, even though we were minorities in Auckland, it's just even more of a minority in Dunedin. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really big of a shock for me in 2018. And like you were here in 2018 and you know how back then there was no CJs, there's no Asian supermarkets. Like it's really weird to just have, like the accessibility of the food and the culture taken away so mm. it was just like countdown and you world and like it's fine but <laughs> they've got the, the international <laughs> aisle but, <that's>, <laughs> but everything, international. yeah but there's nothing there <laughs> yeah even like the noodles and stuff I just laugh like yeah it's just really interesting to me to see how different people live in different areas even though it's just one country it's yeah it's gotten a lot better though like we have a lot more Asian uh, options and stuff, mm. but um, yeah, I think that my identity challenge and culture challenge just comes from uh, just experiences that I've had. Uh, I just think that it's funny because I I don't know any better or I don't know or haven't experienced anything that has caused me to be like, oh, that's a bit that's a bit wrong or right of them. It's just. If, it, if, it, if something happens then it's new for me and I'm just like is this normal is this not normal you know yeah and you're just trying to process it as it happens you know yeah yeah <laughs> oh wow oh god thank you for sharing that um so you mentioned about coming to Dunedin for your university studies I do want to mention this as well but you are the president of OVSA uh, the Otago Vietnamese Students Association. During my year, OVSA were thinking of closing down, and then you picked it up again, which I'm really thankful for. Can you tell us the story behind that? Because I think it's very inspiring as well. Um, so OVSA, prior to my year, which was 2021, was established only for a couple of years, I think 2017, 2018. Um, but when I first came to Dunedin, I wasn't a part of the Vietnamese Student Association just because I was moving cities for the first time away from home for the first time. I just wanted to transition and focus on school and just like um, 
just fully transition into being a young adult with like flatting and bills and that. Um, so I wasn't very involved in the cultural club as much as I would have liked to. Um, but I think 2021 was different for me because after COVID in 2020, the club um, kind of closed abruptly. And I didn't know if it was because of COVID or if it was because of um any reasons but it just wasn't available and um I felt I think 2020 I felt quite lonely being stuck in Dunedin for COVID and everything and that just um that struggle of being away from home during lockdown and stuff I really wanted to keep my language strong and be able to speak and like find friends that are Vietnamese and associate um but I didn't know where to start or who to go to so I went onto the website to try and look for like a student association, but there was nothing there. So um, I decided <laughs> one summer school to take it upon myself to um, <laughs> just, just do it, just try and um, start from scratch. And I tried to message the previous presidents and stuff, but be, you know how uni goes, like everyone just tra- moves on after Dunedin and find jobs yeah. throughout New Zealand. So um, we didn't have a lot to start off with, uh, but I just, like mentally I made that decision to just do it and um, start so that if there was anyone else that was like me that tried to find like you don't know where to start so if you reach out to the university and had someone that could like point you in a direction and that would have helped me a lot so I just thought that if I started an association that was um, available to all students and non-students then it would be an act of service that um, not only helped myself it would help other people and I always just say to myself, like, if not you, then who, then, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and I feel like a lot of Vietnamese Kiwis um, didn't participate in the cultural club as much as they would have liked to, because there's a huge stigma around culture and like identity. And I feel like looking at how my friends have their own cultural club, it's quite cool to see that um, like the integration between international Vietnamese and Vietnamese, domestic Vietnamese like there is like a middle ground where everyone could meet and share and bond over being Vietnamese no matter how you were raised and stuff. Mm. So a lot of Vietnamese that I've met during my year in 2021, they were Vietnamese Kiwi and they said like they shared the same struggles as me. It's like, oh, we didn't want to join because we didn't know if like our language barrier would would um, limit their interaction ability and stuff. And I just told them that this is just like a support student support group so it doesn't matter like if you can you can not be Vietnamese at all and still if you are interested in the culture you can come and participate and share food and talk and learn and I thought that that was such a cool um, opportunity to provide to students even though like we were students ourselves and plus it was my last year so I was like it's now or never (laughs) that was the final push and I was like if it if it falls apart then it's fine because at least I know that I tried but my final year I think um, a lot of my executive members were all in their final years too and that was the last push of confidence that they needed to just put themselves out there and try. One more thing that I really want us to talk about here is that you work at a nail salon this is such a weird transition from talking about culture but there is a bit of culture to be working at a nail salon and I do want you to share that with us (laughs) that's so funny but yeah (laughs) I I um growing up 
my parents had a nail salon in Auckland, multiple salons, and like I've been part of their business since I could remember because while my parents were working, obviously we didn't have nannies or a lot of families that could help look after the kids. So we were the kids that were like doing our homework in the staff room. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that um, growing up, I, my parents were very big on skills. So even though you are educated, it's also important that you develop skills that you can use because when they first migrated over, they were um, seamstress. So they sewed. They didn't speak any English, but because they had that skill, they could build themselves eventually. So my parents um, instilled that in us at a young age that, like, you should pick up as many skills as you can. Like, music is a skill to be able to play music so that if anything happened and you needed to fall back, you still have a skill that you can you can um, use. So my parents, when we were raised, like, both my brothers do nails as well, like, <laughs> It's not just the gender thing. So mm. it made, they made sure that all the kids knew how to um, do nails and help in the shop and sanitize and customer service and things like that. So when I moved away from home I um, in uni, the timetable for university was very different from the timetable from like high school because during high school I would work weekends and then have um, school during the weekdays and the extracurricular at the, during the weekdays. But the weekends would always work. So I've always um, worked in the nail salon during high school and I think that um, that's what strengthened my culture even more and that's why a lot of people are very impressed at my language ability is because I was always with the aunties in the salon. <laughs> I wasn't at the movies with my friends, I was with the aunties in the salons and um, translating for them if they ever had like, if they needed paperwork for immigration or if they needed medical, then I'd be the one that would translate because I speak fluent English and my Vietnamese is decent (laughs) I wouldn't say excellent but it's decent so um yeah that definitely helped integrate me into the culture growing up in a western society because I was just always surrounded by the aunties that just migrated over and um when I came to uni the timetable is very scattered so you can have maybe one lecture at three o'clock and have the whole morning free or you could have a three-hour lab in the morning and then have the whole afternoon free so I thought that because um, because of the timetabling, it, it's better for me to work my own hours. So I decided to do nails from home and I, because um, it was a skill that I already had, like my parents said, and it's just something that I have complete control over with the time. Like I don't have to ask for time off work during exam time. I can just schedule it myself and um, like take time off during exam time because like my customers know that I'm a student myself and the main reason why I'm here is to study so it was really cool that I could financially um, be independent and not have to ask my parents for money and just um, be able to grow and create a little community and um, business from a skill that I learned growing up Um, but I think nails is very important to me because a lot of people know my family for having the salon and like helping people to come over because a lot of people um especially Vietnamese they when they first migrate over and they're not skilled in any type of um work nails is usually how they migrate so it doesn't matter if you're in America or in France like all the nail salons are usually not always but usually (laughs) Vietnamese um and like that alone is really cool to have that integration with the culture and and the work because like (laughs) I remember when we would go on holiday, my mum would just 
find the closest nail salon and then um, go into the salon and ask them where's the best place to get Vietnamese food knowing that they're Vietnamese and I always I was always embarrassed in the front and I was like mom you can't just go into the salon expecting like speaking Vietnamese like what if they're Korean my mom is very loud as well like if you meet her she's so funny like Aww. she's in high heels she's very loud she's I love her already <laughs> always like perm her hair like the old school mums with the like curlers to sleep in she's so funny but yeah she would um use the nail like industry as a uh, like network for her so when we go to Australia she would go to find the closest nail salon and ask them like where's the best place to eat this where's the best place to go and it's just very cute looking back on it but very traumatizing when it was happening <laughs> I love her. <laughs> oh, she's so funny. Mm-mm. Gosh, that is a beautiful story. And um, thank you for sharing with us that story as well. So Jenny, you told me that you're passionate about acts of service. Um, and I asked you if it was your love language as well. And you said yes. So I think we should talk about that too. Um, I think that that's a great connect to what I was saying before about the nail industry. Um I've always been around my parents being of service to other families. So a lot of immigration and things um, like to help people with paperwork, to help people um, find a job, to help people transition like in the business industry. It's just something that I've always seen my parents do. And in Asian culture, I feel like access service is our often our love language. Like we're not very um, like verbal about, well, not in my family, but <laughs> we're not very verbal about like, oh, like, how are you doing today? Like, I, I love you. I appreciate you. I will see you. Like, goodbyes are very hard in our language yeah. as well. But like, you, you know, your parents love you when your parents cut you, uh, cut you fruit. Yeah. So when I went home for, to Auckland, my parents always had cut pineapple, cut watermelon and things like that in the fridge. And I, that was just something that I always look back on. And I'm like, see, like, they don't need to tell me that they love me. I know that they love me because... They always are of service to not only me, but to the people that they care about and they love. Um, and for me doing nails, like when you do other people's nails, you make them feel like they're the best version of themselves. So usually when people come in to do nails, they're very stressed. Like a lot of students are very stressed and they often talk to me about like their, their troubles or what they're going through. And like, I'm a complete stranger, but I can just sit there and listen. Like it's very, um, it's very cool to just be able to sit and listen and like that alone for a lot of people is what they need. So they always leave with firstly great nails <laughs> that makes them that, that last at least two, three weeks. And like, they always look back and they always like appreciate and they say, thank you. Thank you. And um, they always recommend me to other people because um, not only is the service good, but it's also like the humanity side of customer service of being able to talk and, not just a hi how are you doing today it's like um what brings you in are you going to a wedding what like are you stressed is it everything okay and I think like um for me to have this uh, ability to be of service to people mentally as well as physically um really like shows how my parents raised me and who I am as a person I think that that's very important especially in today's day and age where it's very things are very fast convenient like you can get you can go to the um, like farmers and get those press-on nails, but it's not the same as sitting down with someone to talk like once a month about like how you're doing, catching up, and just it, like my customers can tell you like we talk about the randomest things, but it's just cool to be able to 
talk to them, to learn from them, and for them to teach me as well. So mm. it's um, that I human think, connection. Yeah, it's really special, and it's not something that money can buy. I think, mm. and it's something that I value very um, dearly because. Uh, not only do people tell me that they appreciate my services of nails, it's just the ability to make them feel better every time just mm. warms my heart too. Like to be of service to them is doing me a service as well to be able to give out. Um, and the same as OVSA, like to be able to help the community and like your radio station, even though I'm very anxious, I know that it will help someone. Mm. Or like if it doesn't help me, then it helps it doesn't help you, but someone out listening might be able to relate and know that it's it's okay, like to have anxiety or to have this cultural crisis. But at the end of the day, there's like there's someone out there that will be in the same sinking boat as you. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, students as well. Like students are very depressed and sad and anxious, and we have a lot um, on our plate at a time. But I think that's the thing about Dunedin with being around a lot of students like you know you're not alone yeah and there's so many support it's just not knowing where to start but I think definitely reach out to me if anyone's listening that um is struggling and is Vietnamese himself like I understand how hard it is and like it wasn't easy but it definitely shapes you as a person like you come out on the other side knowing to be respectful to other people and knowing to respect culture and being patient and things like that is something that not a lot of people have or can teach you you know like and I think that it's really cool that you have this platform to be able to reach out to anyone in New Zealand (laughs) and thank you for being part of it (laughs) always always thank you so much Jenny for the conversations we had today that is the end of our episode of the Arenality today I hope you learn a lot about Jenny's story about her passion for acts of service starting OVSA, the Otago Vietnamese Students Association, and her passions for nails. If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarina at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arenality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.